0: This podcast is sponsored by Ballin Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American Pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches. Kent Online News. News
1: you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.
0: Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're OK. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. On Wednesday, February the 2nd, Jules fans, you will definitely want to stay listening. But first, Kent has had a visit from royalty today. The Prince of Wales and Duchess of Cornwall have been in the county. Charles and Camilla's first stop was on the Isle of Sheppey where they visited Sheppy Matters and were greeted by a community choir. They met those involved in the community chef food truck and a community bus. The couple were also introduced to a Syrian family who've been helped by a refugee charity to settle here. Mike Brown is trustee and founder of Sheppy Matters.
2: Today's been amazing. I mean, really, uh, we couldn't in our wildest dreams of think we get a royal visit and uh, it's just been not for me very proud but for the staff and the volunteers it's just a wonderful if you like reward for all their hard work and their teamwork especially the last couple of years through the pandemic where they've been involved in the community looking after isolated people uh, and just generally giving service uh, I'm so proud of them and I'm so pleased they've had this opportunity today to be recognised uh, by Royalty did you get a chance to meet them I did yes um, obviously the, the the shaking hands but on the way around um, little, little sort of chats and comments about some of the projects um, I explained to Her Royal Highness the Sheppy Lace um, what happened to that and I understand uh, I think Nigel explained about the Richard Montgomery to uh, Prince Charles.
0: Following that visit, the couple carried out separate engagements with Charles heading to Elmley Nature Reserve while Camilla went to Battersea Dogs and Cats Home. The Duchess of Cornwall is patron of the charity and was greeted by staff at their base near Brands Hatch and a doggy guard of honour. She also went on a woodland walk with Battersea Ambassador Paul O'Grady and a rescue dog waiting to be rehomed. The Duchess's own rescue dogs were invited to join a training challenge. Prince Charles, meantime, headed to the historic dockyard in Chatham today before it reopens to visitors after the winter break. It's his first visit there since 2013 and he was greeted by local sea cadets before getting a tour of some of the site's main attractions. The Prince was also the first to see the new Diving Deep exhibition about HMS Invincible, while Admiral Sir Trevor Saw is chairman of the Chatham Historic Dockyard Trust and I spoke to him ahead of the visit.
3: His Royal Highness is our patron anyway, so he's coming back and every time he comes back, We've made significant progress in different areas. So the Command of the Oceans is is the the main gallery that he hasn't seen. So, But it's uh, a huge pleasure, not just for me and and the rest of the team, but every day we're open. And we're open from this Saturday. So we look forward to seeing uh, as many people as we can in the forthcoming season. It's going to be a very exciting season.
0: We know how difficult it's been for all of the tourist industry um, and the whole sector throughout the pandemic. But how much of a boost will this visit give just days, as you say, before you reopen again to the public for the season? I
3: think it'll be a tremendous boost. I mean, clearly uh, last year and the year before, it was we were significantly impacted uh, by COVID, uh, by the fact that uh, people couldn't come and visit us. So we're hoping now that the restrictions have at least eased, that people will be you know, ready to come, visit the dockyard, see the changes, and just have a great time.
0: I can't remember the last time the Prince of Wales was actually there. Was it too long ago?
3: It was 2013, Is his last visit, um, when he actually opened number one, Smithery, which is our, our permanent exhibition hall. And so he will have seen quite a lot of changes. Um, I'm looking forward. I met him clearly when I was in the Royal Navy, but I've never met him in my current role as chairman of the Historic Dockyard. So I'm looking really forward to showing him how proud we are of this place and its people.
0: I'm I'm sure you can't tell us too much about the sorts of conversations, but do you you have a nice conversation when when you do get to meet him? Because he he must be very interested in the work that you're doing.
3: I'm fortunate I've met him quite a few times. And when I was captain of actually HMS Chatham, um, I, I took him to see... We did Expo 98 and I met him a few times as well uh, when I was the Commander-in-Chief of the Navy. So um, most of the raws are very much at ease in a naval background, clearly because of their own background. So it would be great to see him again and great to show him what we do here.
0: While at the dockyard, Charles also popped to the Copper Rivet Distillery. It's set in a former Victorian pump house and produces gin, whiskies and vodkas. It's not the first time royalty has been there. It was opened by his sister, Princess Anne, in 2017. Also in Medway, a new exhibition about Charles Dickens was opened in Rochester by the Duchess of Cornwall. Camilla visited the Guildhall Museum on the High Street. She was shown some of the author's artefacts and joined children from St Margaret's at Troytown School to listen to an exhibition. Extract from *Great Expectations* by his great-great grandson Gerald Dickens.
2: The
3: educational scheme or course established by Mr Wopsle's great aunt may be resolved into the following synopsis. The pupils ate apples and put straws down...
0: And the final stop on the tour was the Medway Aircraft Preservation Society. Camilla is patron of that organisation as well, which restores historic aircraft. She heard from volunteers about the work they do at their new home and hangar of Rochester Airport, and their plans for a new visitor centre, where well, you can see plenty of pictures and videos from today's visit by heading to kentonline.co.uk Kent Online News. Other top stories today, and a child's died after being hit by a van near a school in Northfleet. Police, paramedics and the air ambulance were called to Vale Road earlier this morning. It's thought to have happened on a zebra crossing. Police are investigating how an elderly woman ended up with a broken leg at a care home in Medway. The 89-year-old has dementia and the Kent Online podcast has been told staff at Grace Manor in Gillingham have been unable to confirm how she was injured. The care home says it's cooperating with the investigation and liaising with the family. A man's been charged after allegedly threatening staff and damaging computers in a bathroom at a hotel in Thanet. Police were called to reports of a disturbance at the Holiday Inn Express in Mount Pleasant in Minster last Friday. A 24-year-old's been remanded in custody and is due back in court later this month. The adopted mum of a little boy from Kingshill, who was so badly abused that he needed his legs amputated, says she hopes his biological mother stays away from him. As we told you in Monday's podcast, Jodie Simpson, who was sentenced to 10 years in prison for abusing Tony Hudgel, has applied for day release from prison. Well, it's feared she could be freed as early as August. Well, Paula Hudgel is asking
4: for restrictions if she is released and has been speaking to our reporter, Cara. Initially, I was um, quite upset and quite cross that um, obviously Jodie feels no remorse or, you know, doesn't realise the enormity of her actions. of and, and you know the uh, the longitude of of how it's going to affect tony um to be asking for these privileges you know barely four years since sentencing um she's already in an open prison um and she's applied for a day release which just it just makes a mockery of the whole justice system. You know, it's it's bad enough that, yeah, they were sentenced to a maximum of 10 years. Um, we knew they would be out in five years. But, you know, even to have that now as well before her release date, just it just seems like so unfair um, that it just seems to be the perpetrators seem to get all the privileges and um, the poor victim has um, lifelong injuries. Obviously, we'll, we'll be asking for restrictions that she can't become anywhere near where we live etc etc so you know but no and to be honest I don't really want to know either no I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say you would want to um so obviously you just touched on um you know, you don't want her coming anywhere near um, Tony. Um, do you know any of the clauses that will be in her sort of if- Yes, yeah, she will be given a restriction area. Um, we're hoping it will be the whole of Kent at least. Um, so, yeah, and, and there'll be restrictions in there for no contact, etc. cetera. Um, but hopefully she realises or she understands the magnitude of, um, of her- what she's done that you know that she'll just stay away and um, let him live his life yeah and and speaking of Tony um have you have you know explained the situation to him yet um, yeah I mean he he knows um he he understands it age appropriately um you know he knows his story he he knows um yeah and he knows that he's very very loved and um uh, you know he 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 knows his story. He, he couldn't. It couldn't be helped that he would know it because of, you know, the amount of hospital appointments we have. His, his story has to be discussed all the time, um, throughout those outlets as well. So you know, he it just takes it in his stride.
0: The Kent Online podcast with Ballin Maidstone. At Kent Online today, you can see incredible footage of the moment a double-decker bus went off-road to avoid a traffic jam in Margate. The Stagecoach service, which had passengers on board at the time, is seen driving on the pavement and grass verge to get past cars on Tivoli Road. The company say they're very concerned by the video and are investigating. Thieves have used crowbars and a large strap attached to a vehicle to try and steal a cash machine from a shop in Maidstone. It happened at the spa on Upper Famp Road late on Sunday night. A large amount of cigarettes were also taken, along with some food. Two men and a woman have been arrested and bailed, while investigations continue. Latest figures show a rise in coronavirus deaths in Kent. 42 were recorded in the week of January the 21st, compared to 29 in the previous seven days. Cases have also gone up by about 14%, with more than 3,800 people testing positive yesterday. 338 are currently being treated for COVID in the county's hospitals. Struggling schools in Kent and Medway have missed out on support from the government's levelling up plans. You might have heard about this today. 55 areas have been identified as education investment areas to help close the attainment gap for children from disadvantaged backgrounds. But despite places like Thanet underperforming, the average levels across the county are pushed up by areas that are doing well. well. This is going to be the topic of discussion on the lowdown on our Facebook Live tonight. And we're also asking on socials where in Kent you think should be levelled up? Well you can add your comments to that question today you can also let us know what you think whilst you watch the programme by commenting and sending a message to the panel of experts it's live from six now it's emerged cases of child domestic violence in Kent have increased by an incredible 286% police made more than 3,900 child protection referrals for domestic abuse in the county last year that's around 11 a day Ellie Perry is from the NSPCC Their helpline saw a record number of calls from adults concerned about the well-being of a child. She's been speaking to Leisha.
5: Yes, so, I mean, it is worrying. Obviously, the helpline received a record number of calls during the pandemic regarding domestic abuse from adults concerned children living in these abusive households. But we, we can't necessarily, there was a rise in domestic abuse cases. What we know is that the pandemic exacerbated and compounded those issues for those in abusive households. We know with children that were well, that much at more risk because they were trapped. And we know through contacts uh, to the helpline that abusers were using the context of the virus and the pandemic as a way to withhold children and families from those vital support networks, such as friends, families. Obviously, they're away from schools and those vital support networks. So we can't necessarily say the number of cases of domestic abuse have risen, but it did make the uh, the situation that much more worse. And the NSPCC has You know, you said a lot about victims law and how maybe this could be a bit of a lifeline for especially these children who are suffering this abuse. Can you just explain to Mm -hmm. me what exactly victims law is for people who don't know? Yeah, of course. So the victims law is a piece of legislation that the government is currently working on. And it serves as an opportunity to transform the response to victims who are suffering with abuse. And in particular, it gives an opportunity to make sure that children who are victims of domestic abuse, who are now recognised in legislation as victims of domestic abuse, that they have appropriate support in place, particularly in the community, so that children and families can access, support and recover no matter where they live. Um, And that's one of the main aims we're asking government to do today. And I think something that um, a lot of people would be curious to is, you know, we hear a lot about domestic abuse in adults. Um, but when you're talking about domestic abuse against children, what actually classes as domestic abuse? You know, is it emotional? Is it physical? What exactly classes as abuse against children? Domestic abuse is is very complex for that reason. And though the majority of us think it's between um, adults, children are very much wrapped wrapped up in that abuse. Um, It's never normally just about witnessing abuse between parents. They are physically, emotionally, um, and mentally, withdrawn into that abuse. Um, So for instance, a child could be trying to protect the adult victim against that abuser, um, they could be coercively controlled um, and so on. And it really does leave a lasting impression. And that's why the NSPC welcomed greatly that the government recognised that impact on children so that they are victims in legislation. But the next step they need to do to ensure is make sure that that support is in place so that children and families can access no matter where they live, um, given that like the severity and of the impact of domestic abuse has. Yeah, definitely. I think that follow-up is really important. Um, do you hope that, I guess, these figures begin to decrease as we come out of the pandemic or is there kind of that fear for you that this could be a longer term trend because we don't know yet whether it did have you know the pandemic did have that direct impact or not? Definitely I think given the rise in referrals it is worrying and I think to say that Despite us maybe coming out at the other end of the COVID pandemic, that doesn't mean domestic abuse is ending. Like I said, we know domestic abuse was exacerbated and issues were compounded during the pandemic, given people were trapped in their households. We know how difficult it was for ourselves to be trapped in households, but to be in an abusive one is 10 times worse. It's horrible so we can't like although there's a rise in referrals we know that this is going to keep going and it will be a long-term thing and that's why we're pressing government to make sure that there is support in place given the the complexity and the vastness of how uh, domestic abuses are spread
0: across
1: um, the nation. Kent Online reports
0: We're going to be paying more towards the police in Kent via our council tax from April. A £10 a year rise put forward by the county's police and crime commissioner has been approved. Matthew Scott says the extra cash will go towards funding more officers and technology to take evidence from dash cam footage. Police are now taking DNA swabs from sheep that have been attacked on farms in Kent in a bid to identify the dogs responsible. Officers were called to almost 30 reports of it happening last spring and many farm animals had to be put down. It's feared opening a fish and chip shop near the entrance to Canterbury Cathedral could put people off visiting. Thanet Business Seafarer wants to convert the former Warren's Bakery unit in Burgate into a chippy, but some local residents are worried about the smell of fish near the popular tourist attraction. Elsewhere, the company behind plans for a huge new theme park in North Kent has been given until the 15th of March to submit its bid for review. The two and a half billion pound London resort project, which is due to be built on the Swanscombe Peninsula, has been hit by various delays in the past. Developers will need to address concerns over how their use of land will affect wildlife. And at Kent Online today, you can see video of one of Britain's strangest boat trips. Well, people have been queuing up to go and see the masts of Sheppey's famous bomb ship, the SS Richard Montgomery, before they're removed this summer. The boat sank during the Second World War and still has 1,400 Tons of explosives on board. Kent
1: Online Sports.
0: Football, and they've finally done it. After more than 100 days and 15 league games, Gillingham have won a match. They beat Crew Alexandra 1 0 at Priestfield last night, the first match in charge for new manager Neil Harris, and he spoke to us after the final whistle.
1: The build up has been difficult, uh, relentless, um, coming to a football club. Um, is a privileged position and especially this proud football club and coming in and, in a transfer deadline day uh, I, I never envisioned how difficult it was going to be uh we had players could be going out where players could be coming in it, it was just it was carnage for the day um then you finish at 11 o'clock and it's like We've got a game tomorrow. <laughs> we got to prepared, got to prepare. So we went really light in training yesterday. We didn't do anything tactical um, um, because I didn't want to give false messages to the players and change my mind. So that today was based off uh, what we prepared. We met early. Um, we went on video work, uh, individual work, um, and the credit for the victory goes to the players. Um, you know, the game plan we had for probably 45 minutes was was pretty good, Uh, second half it was about endeavour, desire to want to win, putting your bodies on the line and defending heroically and and ultimately the best chances did fall to us. It's a huge task, you you cannot get away from the league table, Um, that's why I am choosing not to look at the league table too often, all I can focus on is what I can control and that's making sure I pick the right team, the right tactics, um, get the players prepared best I can for each game and we'll see where it takes us in in 17 games time, Uh, today was a good start, Again, just to reiterate what I said yesterday when I came in i 'm here for the long term um, i 've got assurances uh, from from a, a loyal owner to his football club that he needs to rebuild and wants to build and it 's the project that I like um, and that starts tonight with performances like that and The biggest thing for me is while we 're building that project over a period of time at the moment i 've got players that can perform for me you 're Arrival seems to have put a few on the gate tonight, and then um, seemed to have got positive energy around the place. I'm not sure if you were aware of the circumstances of Saturday, whether you were there to see it or. But it was such a different place tonight. Yeah, I wasn't here Saturday. Uh, I watched the game live, yeah. uh, but I wasn't here at the time. Um, and it was a difficult afternoon for everybody. I think first and foremost, difficult for the fans to see their see their football team lose seven. Yeah, is not nice. And I'm a football fan myself, um, so it's not nice. Um, not nice for the players. Not nice for the owner not nice for anybody um, but sometimes you have to hit a bottom you know, and yeah. just start rising again and was that the bottom for the season look we, we don't know yet but I hope so um, all you can do when you walk through the football door is try and galvanise I used that word earlier and I use it again we try and galvanise the players and my delight tonight is that being able to reward the people that care in yeah. the stadium but also those players as well because they've had a tough period and um they're in there tonight, happy, and well said to them, it's one game, well done, finished, win the next game Saturday. And connection between the team and the fans is important as well, it's and at the end you enjoyed that, and it was great to see the almost like a bit of a connection already between you and the, and the yeah. fans. And that's what people want, so that connection between the fans and the pitch comes from maybe my passion on the sideline, um, the players' effort and determination. But some moments of quality as well we had some real quality tonight maybe on the counter-attack morning I think um, but the players want to learn and they will learn and they get better
3: and you're busy it, it
1: carries on being busy doesn't it because you've got a big game on Saturday and then another I think you've got another midweek after that as well so it's relentless isn't it yeah and, and, and I've got to be honest without adding too much fuel to the fire we would still like to add to the squad if possible okay. there's, not, there's not loads of options um, but there's a couple you know if, if we could and, and Jeremy's being brilliant uh, if we can we can if we can't um, then, then we won't yep. but you know just strength in depth we just need a little bit more I think just, just to get us through the season especially in this busy period um, but as I found out yesterday, it's not always that easy. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's three agents yeah. out there that may be, may be of interest or there, there, there's three agents, yeah, and, and sometimes you have to look at are they fit, are they not, when they yeah. could impact. Um, but like I said, it's a project. Mm. You know, so we get a chance to sign a player or two now with we've a view to supporting us this year, but then maybe, you know, helping us in the future, then yeah. you know, there has to be a, there has to be a short term gain, a mid plan, and a long term.
0: The duels remain just one place off the bottom of the League One table. They're eight points from safety and travel to take on Ipswich Town on Saturday. Can miracles happen? Can they survive? You can let us know by commenting on the sports section of the website. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online Premium site by subscribing. Just head to kentonline.co.uk. Forward slash subscribe.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Ballin Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American
3: pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food, and bottomless brunches.